Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business Podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today, I am with Heidi Holmes. She is the co-founder of MentorLoop. They are a cloud-based mentoring program aiming to make mentoring more accessible and more effective for businesses and individuals. Heidi, it is great to have you. Thank you, Brandon. And Heidi, you're coming from Australia, correct? Yes. Yeah, down under in Melbourne, Australia. I love it. MentorLoop's a cloud-based platform. Can you give listeners some insight as to what the platform is all about? Sure. So basically, as you say, cloud-based platform designed to help organizations who are currently running a mentor program or looking at starting a mentor program. It's a platform to help them um, with that process. So it makes mentor programs easier to start, run and participate in. So in addition to removing, you know, the admin burden associated with running a mentor program, um, often for the HR function, we're also a platform for the mentees and mentors to connect and communicate and essentially manage their mentoring relationship throughout the uh, mentor program. How did you how did you create this business? Are you like a software engineer by trade, an HR person? Like, how did you come up with this idea? No, so I guess I had a, a business prior to Mentor Loop, which was actually mm. a job board for mature age workers. So focused on helping, you know, very mature, experienced people back into the workforce. And it was actually through that business that I saw that we had this incredible knowledge pool effectively sitting on the sidelines who were not necessarily only interested in financial, you know, gain through employment, but also interested just in giving back to the community. They wanting to stay engaged. And so they were looking at mentoring opportunities, but I had nowhere to sort of send them. So with my last business, I looked about setting up a mentor program for this mature age workforce. And it was actually through that process that I saw that a lot of organizations who are running their own mentor programs were using spreadsheets and emails to manage that process. And uh, that's where I thought there had to be a better way. Isn't that interesting? Because most companies, I think they thought about a mentor program and developing one. And and to your point, there's such a knowledge pool, but they don't know how to do it. And so they launch this program and then it fizzles because they don't have this sort of this platform to go alongside of the program. So it sounds like your your tool really solved a problem that most organizations were having. Can you talk about how that's sort of filled in a gap? Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's essentially why we built MentorLoop. It was to solve an admin burden for that program coordinator within an organisation. So um, we are a, a, a B2B platform essentially, but what we found with HR function is that, you know, they've got 20 things they need to, they're responsible for, and often the mentor program was just something else, you know, put on their to-do list. And while we found that, you know, most people believe in the concept of mentoring, um, it's often under-invested in the by business. So it's something people are willing to get behind, but people often have their own view of what mentoring is. And, you know, it should be something that 
is maybe left to the individuals to go and organise. But, you know, within a business context, that doesn't always happen as well. So we saw that um, the platform as well could provide, I guess, some structure to not only organisations but also the individuals participating. I'm sure you've done some research on this, but if you haven't, if you were to guess, how many organizations out there actually have some sort of formal mentor program? Yes. So actually, there's a stat out of the States, which is around 71% of Fortune 500 companies run a mentor program. So it is something that is happening within the business community, but it's done at different levels of complexity and sophistication. So you might find that organizations, particularly at that enterprise level, are actually able to um, make a, a larger investment or have resources internally to put that structure and accountability around the program. But what we saw at Mentor Loop as well was that, you know, that level down at that small, medium enterprise level, you often don't necessarily have the resources from both being able to access a pool of mentors, but also, you know, the structure or the tools or the know-how to effectively set up and manage that program. So there was kind of this latent demand for mentoring not being serviced in that SME level. Do you find that for that, that small, medium-sized company uh, mentorship program, are they typically doing just cross-company, cross-department type mentorship programs, or, or is there some sort of external piece to the mentor program? How we're sort of seeing it play out here is actually that it's, it's happening through the the industry body that they might be affiliated with through the industry they're in. So, for example, if you're um, in property or construction, there's a, a Property Council of Australia which runs a mentor program and that is typically where, a, you know, a smaller business would send their people to participate in a mentor program. But what we're finding is that that's actually quite expensive and it's also often sometimes a limited opportunity. So, you know, it's not, again, available for all of the employees within that business. It's only made available to a select few because of the cost involved. When you talk about like the spectrum of development programs and opportunities for employees within an organization, where does mentorship programs kind of fall in that, you know, that must have a need for development? We definitely see seeing it as sort of moving up the priority list. And I think that's because organizations, you know, have typically maybe made investments around coaching and, and what they've come to realize is coaching is not necessarily scalable or you're only able to offer it to a select group of people within your employees, again, because of the intensity and costs associated with it. Whereas mentoring is something that is scalable. And I think what we've seen, particularly in the HR space, is more companies embrace sort of software tools, particularly in the the um, online um, employee engagement survey tools and pulse surveys is that they're actually seeing feedback, direct feedback coming back saying, you know, their people are actually wanting to participate in a mentoring relationship. They see it as a key component of their personal and professional learning and development. And so that's where I think HR are sort of uncovering this latent demand for mentoring as well. It's actually coming from the people. They're wanting it. That's a, that's a great segue for what I was going to ask you, which was, is this usually a mandatory thing or is it optional? And it sounds like people are asking for it. And maybe this may be a generational thing where, you know, younger people are coming up, millennials perhaps, and they're asking, hey, I want I want to be mentored by somebody with, you know, experience, years of experience in, in something. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, I think that's spot on, Brandon. Like, I think typically mentoring deployed within organisations has been very much a top-down approach. So it's something that's 
implemented at a strategic level. There's a certain deficiency in the business. So mentoring is deployed as a way to improve that. They're advancing female leaders within the business. So it's typically been offered to a select group of people around, you know, a particular strategy. But again, you know, our philosophy is mentoring is something that should be made accessible for more people. So the best mentoring relationships are often the ones that are driven by the mentees themselves. So where it is actually more of a bottom-up approach, so where it's driven by the people, that's where we actually see more effective engagement throughout the life of a mentoring relationship. Because, yeah, like I said, the best mentoring relationships are the, are the ones where people opt into it. They see the value in it, and so they're prepared to make the time and effort to invest in that relationship. I read several of your articles, uh, and I think a couple of them on, on Medium, if I remember right, and you talk about this culture of mentorship. And it really sounds like from what you've, you've just described is that it's a very much a bottom-up approach. And, and as long as you get the employees, the tools, and the resources available, you could sort of create this culture of mentorship. Now, what sort of things are you putting in their hands to, to make sure that they, they become so engaged to where that culture sort of manifests itself? Yeah, I think it's it's this approach to mentoring by educating mentees and mentors from the very beginning, particularly, you know, for the mentees themselves. We did some early testing where you actually ask the question to a mentee, someone who thinks they're a mentee, would you like to be a mentee, a mentor or both? And when you give them the option of being a mentor as well, it's actually interesting that most people actually stop and have a think and say, yes, well, at this point in my career, I'm looking for a mentor to help me with X, Y, Z, but actually I could be a mentor too and I'm prepared to, you know, give back and maybe help someone who's a couple of years behind me as well. So what we're starting to see play out, and, and this is what we kind of refer to this culture of mentoring, is that it's no longer a hierarchical approach. It's no longer, you know, this um, person that's had 30 years more experience of you that that makes the ideal mentor. In fact, peer mentoring relationships can be very effective where you're where you're connecting with someone who may be at the same level as you but in a completely different business unit or industry. And also being a mentor yourself, uh, that enables you to, you know, continually learn and be exposed to maybe um, new things, whether it be from a different generation or, again, a different industry. We find with the mentors we engage with, when we ask them, you know, why do you want to be a mentor? They see a lot of value in the relationship as well. It's not only an altruistic activity for them. It's not just about giving back. They view it as a learning opportunity for them as well. And I think, again, coming back to, you know, what does culture mean? When we see mentoring play out as a, a mutually beneficial relationship, I think that's when you can start to create a culture of mentoring within your workplace. So I think the big question for me is, how do you pair people up? Is there some sort of process behind that? Do you see organizations do it a lot differently? Or maybe your tool does it, like it just matches people? How does that, how does that work? Yeah, so I guess um, how you sort of see it play out in a traditional sense, so in an offline environment, is that people previously would have been using a Word doc or something like that to collect some information. Typically what we saw were very long, convoluted sort of application forms for this mentor program where they would then go sort of through a screening process. Our philosophy is that, you know, mentoring is about being matched based on outcomes. So what do you want to achieve? Not just, you know, from the mentee perspective, but in our matching, we also take into consideration what the mentor is looking for as part of the relationship. And we use that data to make uh, recommended matches. 
And so this is where, again, a platform can take out some of that bias mm -hmm. that might exist within, you know, the HR function <laughs> or even the individuals themselves in who might they think is the best match for them is not necessarily the best match for them. Could you give some examples of some of the questions that you'd ask, just figuring out how to match people together? Yeah, so look, it's based, and when I talk about outcomes, it's based around, you know, some, some hard, fast goal-setting activities. So what are your short-term, medium, and long-term goals you want to attract from this? But we also use sort of, I guess, sort of soft skills analysis. So what are some of those things that you're interested in around, you know, negotiation skills, networking skills, those other sort of more generic skills um, as well? as well as taking into account personal interests. Like we still think there needs to be, you know, a little bit of an X factor in your relationship. If you've both, you know, into sailing or you both enjoy wine or, you know, watching cat videos online, I don't know, something like that, that helps in building rapport. And so that's why we also use those sort of personal interest questions to, to nut that out because we think that's really important in establishing a good mentoring relationship as well. Do you find that people actually like to collaborate through the technology platform and maybe it's not exclusively maybe they get together in person all the time and they just sort of manage the relationship on the technology but can you just talk about the kind of in-person versus technology and how that's kind of playing itself out yeah and i think this comes down to sometimes just location as well so if you're yeah. obviously matched with your mentor and they sit you know across the desk from you then it would make sense that you have engaging in a face-to-face -face conversation but that is not always happening these days either so Look, technology comes in more so where you are dealing with geographical boundaries and that's also where we see the value of sometimes mentoring relationship. It is about connecting people across your network, um, whether it is cross-company or even intercompany, but across countries. Technology now plays a part in, in making people more accessible uh, and people are used to communicating over online tools, whether it's, you know, email or WhatsApp or Slack. So, there, you know, this is already happening, but a platform such as MentorLoop, the advantage for the, the mentees and mentors to manage communications through there is that it effectively builds out an online journal of their mentoring relationship, but it also increases accountability among participants because now the organisation has insight into how these relationships are progressing. So making sure that people are engaged and enjoying their mentor relationship. Do you often find like, I'm sure it happens occasionally where a relationship's just not working out? Could you, is it easy to switch? Like, how do you, how do you handle all that? Does your platform take care of that? Uh, look, we, we see that coming back to the company because we encourage, you know, through the platform that obviously mentees and mentors have a direct line of communication, but they also have a line of communication back to their, you know, program coordinator. And so that's where they can sort of raise any of those issues. But we also see the platform enabling that program coordinator to preempt any issues because they've got an insight into the engagement of that relationship. So it's a way for the program coordinator to get on the front foot and intervene in a relationship before it does maybe get completely off the rails. That's, again, the advantage of a platform. It, it, it gives you that insight rather than, you know, finding out six months later that people haven't had a good time in their mentoring relationship Maybe you can intervene earlier, you know, at the two month mark before it actually goes completely, yeah, as I said, off the rails. So if I, let's say me personally, like I wanted to jump into a mentorship program and I wanted to develop certain 
skills, let's say leadership skills. And that has nothing to do with my specific job function. It's just maybe I want to develop my leadership skills. Would you go out of your way uh, if you're going to develop a program? Would you match me up with somebody maybe not even in my job function, but across the company, just in maybe a leadership role who has those skills? Like, how does that work? Like you look at somebody who may be in your department versus somebody who is not. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I guess this is what we've we've recently launched through our platform, a cross-company mentoring program. So this is where we're actually taking registrations from small, medium-sized businesses that might not necessarily have the internal resources to provide their people with mentors because either they're, you know, they don't have the the pool of mentors within their organisation or the networks to facilitate it. So what we're able to do is actually take that individual's you know, details from from that particular organisation and their motivations for a match and then match them up through the platform to, you know, a person at a completely different organisation that may have specific skills in that area that you're looking to improve in. And look, the advantage that we see in the cross-company mentoring space is that there's benefits at the, both the individual and also the company level. So at the individual level, you're exposing them to new industries, new people, new networks. But coming back to the organisation, you know, you're able to enhance your knowledge within the business. And also, um, it, it's a way to, to build up complementary business networks as well, where you could potentially be, um, there could be a, a, a sales outcome from this as well. Do you find that a lot of, a lot of your clients and those that are developing mentor programs, they are starting to look at this cross-company mentorship program, just realizing that they don't have enough of a pool of mentors within their own organization. Yeah, and I think also, you know, like people talk about the war for talent, you know, but I think (laughs) for for SMEs, it's, it's, you know, it's a particular challenge to keep your employees engaged and happy. And and sometimes uh, you don't necessarily have that, you know, the full suite of, learning and development opportunities that larger enterprise companies are offering. So it's a cost-effective way to offer new learning opportunities to your people as well. And I think the other nice thing here is, you know, it's particularly in this cross-company space, it's something that the larger organisations, I think, are sort of slower to adopt or be sort of, they kind of, I guess, are a little bit more fearful of something like that where they would think that their people could be exposed to being poached, whereas I think, Within the SME level, SMEs are are naturally more nimble, innovative and collaborative because you have to be because you have to be more resourceful. So therefore, you have to be open to more, you know, innovative opportunities that present themselves. And that's why we've seen, I think, particularly in this, the appetite for cross-company mentoring has been far more of a demand-driven activity by SMEs rather than, yeah, as I said, larger corporates. Do you have like maybe an example of what a really effective mentor relationship was in, in a cross company f- uh, function, like a format? Just anything that comes off the top of your head where it was just it went really well, and any kind of results from that? Yeah, we saw it actually playing out in in an example across the construction industry here, where um, mm. we had a construction company with an architecture firm, and I think what's happened is these are an example of two businesses that have to work together collaborative, you know, for a client engagement of building a house. But through this sort of peer mentoring opportunity, it was a a chance for the project manager from the construction company to, I guess, have a greater understanding from the architect's perspective, 
the processes and procedures they go through in managing client expectations and getting that job done. And it was a way for those two to, I guess, have a better appreciation of each other's role within the client engagement. And also that's how jobs come about in that industry. So it started to build a network for that, you know, that project manager at the construction company. It started to build networks that he could actually start to bring back business development opportunities to that business as well. I always find that like when, when you want to develop a program like a mentorship program, for example, and you do it without a technology platform, I think measurement of success is probably less important. I think people think it's the right thing to do and they just want to get their employees engaged. But when you add, you know, a cloud-based platform into the mix and, and there's a cost associated with it, I'm assuming that you've done a lot of measurement to get people to justify like why they need this platform. What successes are coming out of mentorship programs, especially when they're using a platform like yours? Like what data is coming out of it? Yeah, look, I think the most powerful one that we've sort of uncovered for, for some of our clients is this internal latent demand for mentoring. Mm-hmm. So the platform has actually enabled organizations to, you know, once they put it out there, you know, for example, of an organization with 200 employees, they thought 50 people might sign up, but actually it was oversubscribed and 120 wow. people signed up. So they didn't know that this was something that the people wanted. And once they saw that, you know, for them it was, okay, well, this is worth making an investment in because there is this demand here. And I think what they'd also uncovered is previously they had, you know, again, had this top-down approach to a lot of L&D offerings. So you can have this, you can have this, but this person over here wasn't offered the same opportunity. Whereas with something like mentoring and again through the platform, they were able to say, well, hang on, let's just put it out to the organisation and if you want to participate, you can. Um, so that was one. So we've kind of been able to uncover within certain organisations an 80% oversubscription of people wanting to participate. And then from there, I guess, engagement across the course of the program we are tracking on average at 74% engagement so that's people connecting at least once a month for an hour um, in their mentoring relationship and so in terms of what people were generally seeing previously it wasn't as high as that and so organizations I think it's seen the value because for the participants they know there's a, a, a degree of accountability somebody is able to to watch but also the platform is creating more meaningful connections. So that, again, is giving those individuals a reason to stay engaged in the platform and within their mentoring relationship. If an organization has no mentorship program and then they launch one, and let's say a year later they've had a very successful, engaged program, they're, they're doing some of the cross-company mentoring, they've, they've got some internal mentoring, what does that company look and feel like a year later? Like what, what sort of effects would a company see? Look, I think they'd hopefully see that translate if they were to run an employee engagement survey or something like that, that overall people are happier in their work. We see that mentoring can have a direct influence on retention as well. Um, so hopefully you'd like to see that there's been movement there in, in the right way <laughs> um, <laughs> and that your people are staying longer and that they're more productive. I mean, we see mentoring as something that really feeds into those key business drivers you know, around what the HR function is there to achieve, and that is to ensure turnover remains low, people are more productive, and people are happy. And I think that 
mentoring is one of those things that is, you know, a minimal investment can have a very large impact on, on your, your people's um, time at your business. Amazing. So I want to give you the last word, Heidi. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure we kind of went all over the place, but <laughs> I, I do want you to kind of you know, just mention like why people would need a mentor program, anything about your platform that you want. And I know you, I think you might have a special offer or something that you want to just kind of mention. In our philosophy at Mentor Loop, and, and the reason we, we got into this business of mentoring is that we want to make mentoring more accessible for more people. And, and I guess previously we thought it was maybe a slightly elitist activity, and we think that goes against the very grain around what mentoring is. So we would just put out there to challenge people to actually think, you know, this is something that doesn't need, need to be over-engineered within your business, whether you've got 20 people or 2,000 people, anyone can implement a mentor program and we're also here to help and that's why we've also set up our own cross-company mentor program so if anyone's interested in finding out more about that they can go to our website and 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 read a little bit more about that via our blog and uh, expression of interest form there but we're about making mentoring accessible and affordable and 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 making it interesting so challenging that traditional concept of what a mentor relationship is and really listening to what the individuals want to get out of the relationship and facilitating that connection through our platform. Excellent. Heidi Holmes, co-founder of MentorLoop. Thank you for joining our podcast today. I know uh, I learned a lot from you and, and this is just this mentorship program thing. It's just, it's hot right now. I think I it's, think so, hot. Are, it's, it's so, so hot. It's so hot. It's <laughs> you, you're, you built a great business and, and I think it's really exciting. So I, I need to check in with you in a couple of years and see where, where your business is taking you. Are you we might have an, an office in Oregon by then, Brandon. Uh, I, I hope so. It's, <laughs> well, it's, it, I don't know. It's rainy right now. I don't know if you'd want to come this way, but <laughs> we sure hope you expand. Thanks again, though. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.